Hi everyone, welcome to uh, another episode of Conscious Conversations of Ascending Tribe. I'm Alex, creator of Ascending Tribe, and you can join our weekly group chats online by sending us an email. I'm so happy to introduce today's guest, who has a wealth of information and wisdom to share. Introducing Megan Elisa from Rock and Moonrise. Megan, how are you? Hi, yes, so good. Everything considered, of course. <laughs> Oh, very good good can you give us more of an insight into your background like tell us more about your journey and how you've come to where you are today mm -hmm. yeah so my kind of awakening if you like happened when um, I was around 16 years old I worked my whole life to work in the music industry like as a, as a kid growing up and as a teenager that was always my goal so I worked really hard to get into this fancy music college and that was really like what I was going towards and then um with the, that kind of uh the pressures of the, that industry and my own mind and my own blocks and beliefs I really felt like I needed to lose a lot of weight to be successful in that industry so I went down that path when I was 16 years old and very quickly fell into quite a severe eating disorder so that kind of threw everything into question everything that I'd worked for became different and unimportant and my priorities became losing weight and exercising and all that kind of thing but by chance through doing that I was at the gym and I found yoga so I found yoga as a practice and I went to it initially as an exercise but for when I first went I thought because I was in that mindset of like wanting to lose weight I went and I thought this is too slow like I don't like this I'm not gonna do it but I kept finding myself like creeping back into class every single week and I had a really great teacher and um I just fell I fell in love with it and it kind of opened me up to this whole other way of thinking and that was definitely the trigger for my like spiritual awakening a lot of deep yoga practice um and I, I kind of used it as a form of exercise for a while um I, I became a bit obsessed with it but in a way it allowed me to have a lot of deep uh, realizations and downloads like in quite a short space of time. So I left the music industry <laughs> when I'd only just gone into it. I was only 18 and I was like, nope. <laughs> and I, I hadn't, I went to Thailand, to Asia to do my healing. So I, I trained to teach yoga when I was um, 18 and did that, which was incredible and intense, of course. Um, met some really wonderful people and really deep in my practice. And then from there, I basically traveled, lived the nomad life, was just teaching and being very like free and hippie and nomadic and just kind of enjoying that for a while. And then I just kind of felt a little bit empty, not quite fulfilled, and almost like I was perpetuating a cycle of healing. I feel like sometimes when we're on a spiritual path, we can get stuck in like unpicking wounds and sewing them back up and healing and then being blah, blah. It was all a bit serious all the time. So I thought I need to mix this up. I need to ground myself. I need to go back to Western civilization because I've been living mostly in Asia and um, do something with myself. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and switch it up. So, um, so I went to the first country I actually came to here on the back on the west side of the world was Berlin. So I started out in Berlin. I did. I started exploring my creative passions, which I've been doing since I was a teenager. I've always been really passionate about tech. So I started doing journalism a little bit, writing, graphic design, web design, coding, like all kind of fun things like that. And um, then I kind of did a one eighty and shifted into that kind of work. And I ended up living in different European cities and then different cities in the US, doing digital marketing, doing 
website design work for people, branding design, social media marketing, working with a lot of influencers <laughs> and doing all that kind of thing. And I just kind of had this massive shift in wanting to make more money, which I did, but I almost kind of then went too far the other way and I was all about the hustle, the hustle never sleeps. I'm doing work when everyone else is asleep. I'm, I'm doing it and bringing in money. This is great. And, um, and, it, and it was to a degree, but then um, when I, became pregnant with my son um I just had this major kind of reawakening that I wanted to bring my spirituality back into my work and I didn't want to give up my work but it was about finding that balance of those both sides and extremes that duality of which I've experienced both sides to quite extreme because I don't really do things by halves <laughs> and being spiritual and being connected to God and to the universe but bringing that into my work and still owning making money innovating and making an impact in our western civilization so that's what I'm all about the marriage of the two the eastern influence the spirituality but bringing it into our lives making it practical and bringing it into um like modern mysticism you know so yeah. that's kind of my story today that's where I am now my son is seven months now so I've kind of been on this path really since he was um born the merging of the two and I feel like in a really great balanced um balanced spot that's, <laughs> so that's where I'm at that is such an incredible story though the fact that you've like lived almost everywhere <laughs> tried everything you're doing like you're juggling so much at the moment um with your journey like being on both ends of the spectrum. Um, how did you find the balance? I know you touched on on finding um, a middle ground, but I mean, how do you maintain this on a day-to-day -day basis? One thing that I've found massively is having rituals in place. So like my morning ritual is like a big thing for me. So making sure that I always take a little bit of time to connect to spirit or God or universal, whatever it is that you want to call it. Cause I think we all have different um, ways that we connect with that, but making sure that you take time out of your day to do that. Um, and even if it's not a morning routine, obviously my my first love is music and that's still a thing for me. So singing is actually a way that I really feel like I can connect with spirit. It's like my favorite way to meditate. So making sure that I actually take time out to sing. When I drive, I enjoy singing as well. I fall asleep to a meditation, just things like that. It doesn't have to be, you know, don't overthink it. Just in, it's about infusing those spiritual experiences in with your everyday life. And I always like to just reset every time I do work um, and I'm applying myself in a practical work sense. I just like to reset and think, I'm a channel and I'm working and the universe is working through me. And I like to have that kind of mindset when I bring it to my work. So it's being able to infuse the spirituality into every little bit of work that I do. And also finding the balance between not working 24 hours a day because <laughs> I've definitely had those blurred boundaries, which I think is easy to do when you work for yourself. Like just never really switching off from yeah. work. Um, actually now taking the time to spend time with my son or, um, or my husband or um, or sing or just do things that I find enjoyable or just go for a drive just bringing in those times and finding that balance just making sure that you make time if you if you're somebody who feels like you need to work all the time um, and benefit from that kind of organization actually schedule in time to do nothing or schedule in time to have you time um, I found that that's helped me to maintain the balance. So do you, you schedule in time? Is that what you feel like you need to do? Or do you just kind of flow and just do what you feel like is being, you're being drawn to? 
it's definitely a mixture. I'm not by, by nature. I'm not an organized person. <laughs> like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, my husband's a Virgo. So he's by nature, somebody who is organized. I am not, I'm a cancer sign. I have lots of water and air in my chart, in my chart with love of fire. I have absolutely no earth. I'm not, <laughs> it's not natural for me to be grounded. So to some extent I have to flow with it, but I just kind of, I get used to what works in a certain, um, container or time period but I'm open to that changing I think it's about having kind of a daily routine yes and sticking to it to an extent but um not to the point where if it isn't working anymore you're so rigidly attached to it that you can't give it up so each day I like to stick to my routines but sometimes if something feels a little bit off I like to know that I can shift and change but if I don't have those kind of daily routines in place for me I'm a bit all over the place because yeah because I'm naturally so it's quite important for me to have something to stick to but yeah. also not get so attached that I can't change it if it's not working anymore again it's that balance isn't it it's that balance between being attached and not being attached, I suppose, because I can feel the same way. Like I, ha I have a ritual in place every morning, but some days I don't stick to it. And some days I don't feel like sticking to it. Um, yeah. Right. So actually, this is something. So part of my morning routine is doing my yoga practice. Um, I'm, I don't. So this is one thing for me. I'm a night owl. As a creative person, I'm really a night owl. So I don't like to strictly make myself get up early. There's so many like studies and books about the 5 a.m. club or whatever. <laughs> and I've connected with a lot of people who feel like that's important. And if it works for them, that's fine. But it doesn't yeah. work for me. I'm not an early morning person. I'm not like that. So I like to feel the freedom to sleep into whenever I choose. So sometimes if I have scheduled things in um, and I let myself sleep in a little later, maybe I don't have time for my yoga practice. And then when it comes to it, I just know, do you know what? I'll what my yoga practice in the evening instead and when it comes to that time to practice it's something I've written in my journal a few times this week actually um I always do a gratitude practice and I write I am grateful that I'm able to adapt I'm grateful that I'm flexible I'm grateful for that because I know that if something is slightly different I instantly just think oh do you know what I can just lost it I can change it and being by not being attached um it makes it far less stressful when things go not wrong yeah. but different than what you expect yeah when they don't go to plan I tend to have this thing of like not not beating myself up kind of feeling a little bit guilty if I don't stick with my routine you know yeah and it's about letting it's about letting go of those I definitely have yeah. been there definitely when I was in my um my eating disorder which I'm fully healed from now but I was I'd say it impacted me heavily for about four years and when I was in that state of mind I was very rigid with how I had to be with things and I would get very stressed out if things were not to my stuck to my ritual stuck to my plan but um I've definitely learned to I know then I've been the other way like just totally doing whatever I want and then never get anything done yeah. <laughs> so I think that balance in the middle of yes having rituals and routines but being open to them changing as you do evolving as you do the seasons evolve mirror nature like just let it flow a little bit freely and you can always revisit things if you feel like something isn't working you can let go of it and you can always come back to it nothing's ever absolute yeah that's true you have a lot of knowledge around astrology right and um i have quite a few questions about this <laughs> um how do you use astrology to guide yourself through life because i know that's one thing that we spoke about last time i find this really intriguing <laughs> yeah so definitely um paying attention to what's going on with the planets can <clears throat> really help you to feel 
affirmed in what you're feeling because I think if you're attuned and you're a spiritual person you'll probably notice energetic shifts anyway but you may not be able to attribute them to anything but then if you actually look into what the stars and the planets are doing you feel like oh that's why and it helps you to release any of those guilty feelings or uncertain feelings around why you're feeling a certain way and also um that feeling of when you're in something that it's going to last forever knowing that the planets transit we and we mirror that we all go through transits and phases like the moon goes through phases knowing that means that you can actually fully embrace it without being scared that it's going to be your life forever because it's not it's all temporary all the movements are temporary so obviously what most people know um predominantly at the sun signs like the seasons that we move through so right now obviously we're at the end of may so we're in gemini season so paying attention to that you can utilize your energy in the best way possible last month we were obviously in taurus which was an earth season it's also fixed um each sign is either fixed cardinal or mutable cardinal is kind of um, a leadership energy it's an actionable direct moving forward um, mutable is very flexible it's kind of open to change and then fixed is as it sounds <laughs> totally fixed so last month was really about sitting where you were not doing too much which obviously none of us had the choice because <laughs> we were all in quarantine anyway but um being able to embrace that energy and actually just be still for a moment work hard attract abundance to us is a lot about money as well um and by actually giving into those energies and working with that um you're able to reap the benefits in the best way possible. Like financially last month was one of my best ones because I really just leaned into that. And we're now in Gemini season, which is air, it's mutable, it's very flexible. It, there's a lot more movement, there's a lot more thoughts, but it's not necessarily as steady and enduring as Taurus. So it's more a case of like um, allowing the thoughts to calm, doing a lot of journaling, writing things down, but knowing that if I try and sit down and apply my energy to a long project right now, I'm not really going to do so great with that. And not mm -hmm. feeling guilty it's not me it's the energies around me so it's like working with them and every single season every single transit every you know i'm big on the moon especially for us women has a massive impact so getting to grips with that having just that overarching framework really helps me know where to apply my energy yeah um last time we spoke uh <laughs> you know i was feeling um not myself uh not my usual energies and um from when you told me that it's to do with the moon and the moon's energy, I kind of let go of like, again, this guilt. I just, I don't know why I have this thing of like making myself feel guilty, but like this guilt of like, I feel like I need to be doing things. Like I felt absolutely exhausted. I had all these things that I needed to do or that I feel like I needed to do and I just couldn't do them. But then after we had that conversation, it kind of just released this, okay, I'm just, I'm just going with it. So it's more, I suppose like using astrology, it's more to do with um, preparing yourself rather than or knowing or seeing what's coming. Is that correct? Absolutely right. Yeah. When you, I think, like I said, initially, it can be great affirmation at the start, but then the more that you start to work with it, you are able to predict and plan for um, the different energies. And since I started planning my months in a business sense, um, and also in a personal sense, but mostly in a business sense, around the lunar phases, I've seen a massive shift in how I'm able to manage my energy. And I just want to share that with everyone because I think it's so important. Because when you and I spoke, we just had a full moon in Scorpio, which was really intense. Everybody I spoke to was like feeling it. <laughs> and then the, the, uh, the waning phase, which comes after a full moon, we're, we're constantly in this cycle of expanding, growing, energy rising, 
and then going back down and up and down. We're constantly in that and it's beautiful because it mirrors, it mirrors life. That's how life works anyway. But when we're in that phase of retreating, introspecting, going down, trying to be outward and trying to apply loads of crazy energy and get loads of things done, you're going to be met with resistance and it's just a waste of energy. Whereas if you're actually able to use that time to be introspective and actually work with it, um, you're able to apply yourself in ways that are going to be more beneficial and more productive long term and the fact that you know when you get to grips with the cycles the lunar cycle is only 28 days long so when you get to grips with that and you know that it's going to come around i think it's a lot easier for you to actually fully rest and release because you know it's going to end because it did end for you didn't it yeah 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 <laughs> this week i've been like feeling a lot better yeah like over the weekend it was like the last little trickles of it and uh, i was just yeah. like yeah i'm just sitting with it like because i now not, i now i'm aware of what it what it was you know before I was just like why am I feeling like this I was thinking is it my mind is it like something to do with me you know um but I mean how can people learn how to well how can people learn this knowledge I suppose like is is there somewhere that you go or like how did you learn this and how can other people kind of implement this into their life it's really I've learned through a combination of different sources I always think it's good to it's good to do that to be because there's so many different perspectives and it's a mixture of knowledge that I've read from different teachers from different books from websites all that kind of thing and then the more you get to grips with it it also gets infused with your own experience so certainly with my astrology knowledge as well I know that's influenced a lot by obviously people that I've met in my life that belong to certain signs and uh, experience that I've gathered over time. So when you initially start, um, I would really just say, um, use the internet. <laughs> I love I love the internet. Um, we've got such a wealth of knowledge available to us. Google stuff, search on Instagram, look through hashtags and just find what speaks to you because not every teacher, not every astrology teacher or moon teacher or any kind of spiritual teacher is gonna resonate with you. So at first just be open. Um, explore see what feels like a good fit and um and then align yourself with the teacher that you really feel like you respect and resonate with and then from there you can just build up the information and the more knowledge that you have you'll start to notice the synchronicities in your own life and then all of a sudden you'll find that you're not just drawing from knowledge that you've read you're also drawing from your own experience um, but definitely just exposure as much as possible to all this all the different um channels of information and just finding what resonates with you and it's different for everyone isn't it so i mean okay. based on people's birth signs and natal charts the energies aren't going to be felt in the same way for everyone um Absolutely. so for example like what what you may be feeling last week i might not be feeling because is that because of our natal chart is different yeah so the overarching energy is the same but the way we perceive and um and receive and work with them is different so um as I, well as I know, but not everybody knows. We mo we mostly associate with our sun sign. That's what we all know, and that's the month we were born under. But as we've discussed, you have a whole natal chart of seven personal planets, and then some more collective planets because they're slower moving. They more so define your generation. They span like a few years. But you have seven personal planets um, that are unique to you, and it's the combination of them all and the different energies that work to kind of build up you. I like to think of people. I really do think of my human body as like a container 
I think it's good to be connected with it, but I definitely don't feel like I am my body. And that was part of my healing for me to the sort of rest of the story. But I like to think of each individual person as almost like a kaleidoscope, like we're all connected to the source or to God or to the universe or however you want to see it. But we're each being filtered through this kaleidoscope of all these different colors. And it's like all your different signs as well as your experiences in life and your different perspectives and values and beliefs and culture and all that kind of thing all contributes to this kaleidoscope. And we're all if we allow it, um, we all have that capability for the divine to flow through us, but it's coming through this unique perspective that we all have and nobody's got the same one. Mm. So all the different signs kind of make that up. And specifically on the signs, each planet represents a different element of your life. So like Venus, of course, represents love. So when you're looking into like your love language or people, I've had so many people come to me for readings, which I actually just don't really do this anymore, but people messaging like, am I, sm gonna marry b b s or whoever like like these initials are we gonna get married these are our dates (laughs) and while i don't really like to do readings like that you can definitely see a lot of compatibility within a chart but don't just look at your sun signs looking at your venus signs is probably more um, more beneficial but things like that like just opening yourself up to your full chart I would recommend everyone starts by just you can literally do it for free like on google going to a website and putting in your birth information getting a full chart getting to grips with all of your planets what they represent and getting to grips with all of your signs will really help you to understand yourself better because it's not just that one sun sign you have so many elements you're a multifaceted person get to know yourself yeah I mean I didn't I didn't know this before like a few years ago I was just always going around saying I'm an Aries and I'm like this and I'm like that and then I used to think like how can all Aries be the same you know like right. and I don't, I don't resonate right. with some other Aries or I don't feel like I'm I have the same traits as them you know so yeah it does make sense the other thing yeah. I was just thinking as well is like what you were talking about the energies is imagine businesses built like worked around the astrological energies right yeah like yeah instead of saying yeah i can't come in today because the moon is sending me some mad energy (laughs) (laughs) muggle muggle works don't have you know muggle jobs don't have the time or the understanding of this kind of thing but thank you know thanking god that i do work for myself because when it is when we are in a more introspective waning phase i can be more quiet but you know, as I grow and scale my business, which I do intend to do, I'm fully going to take those things into account. And yeah. I don't think it's going to mean we only work for two months, <laughs> two weeks out of the month. Yeah. But that's what I've learned by managing the energies better. If you have some reserves, you can actually just dedicate those more quiet, introspective times to different kinds of work, as opposed to thinking you're going to have a massive creative output or want to talk to people, which you won't. <laughs> but yeah, you can yeah, use yeah. that to focus on other things, reflect, review, plan and be a bit more personal and do individual work so yeah. i think it's definitely something i'm going to bring into my business <laughs> so yeah, I, think, I think i think that is the way forward you know yeah so do i so do i i also feel like our as a collective globally but i don't think this will happen but i wish it would i think we should you know use the astrological seasons um for our calendars as as a whole like i don't know if i said this to you last time we spoke but having our new year in the middle of winter is so stupid like we should really yeah. have our new year when the astrological new year is which is in the middle of march which yeah, is spring spring. spring equinox why is that not the first day of the year yeah i thought <laughs> this as well why these months i'm so i'm literally so 
living by the astrological seasons right now when people start a new month like for example about to start june the first of june fresh month it means nothing to me because we're already halfway through gemini to me it feels like a new reset when we have a new astrological season i would love yeah no it does make sense by that but it's not but <laughs> oh well yeah because like when it's for hibernating you're meant to be sleeping exactly. so you're waking yourself up for something new and it's like it's not new you not new and everyone's like new year new me and then they, and then inevitably the goals don't happen because it wasn't the right time yet your body yeah. wasn't ready and we yeah. get this kind of new lease of life and energy come springtime it's so true yeah everything wakes up but you have such a connection to the moon so i really want to touch on this and like tell us how how does the moon affect us so yeah i definitely feel i've always felt connected to the moon because i am a cancer sun which is cancer is a sign of the moon so the moon is at home in cancer that's a natural fit um and my moon is also in cancer so i'm like a double cancer and my moon is in cancer so i've always felt connected to it um even on a scientific level uh if you think about the way the moon pulls the ocean and the tides which is scientifically proven so less woo woo um you think about the gravitational pull that it actually has and then you think about the fact that us as humans are at least 60 percent water of course it's going to have an effect on how we feel and what's going on inside of us um so as particularly as women, the moon has a connection with us because it represents the divine feminine. The sun is masculine and the moon is feminine. So it's more of a, uh, a softer, lunar, um, nurturing, loving kind of energy. Every single month, the moon obviously moves through, um, it moves through eight different phases. It's a 28 day cycle. And again, uh, affirming the fact that it is almost a mirror for us as women, it's the same length as the female menstrual cycle. Um, and in, in a lot of ancient traditions and histories, um, the new moon is supposedly a time that lines up with um, your period. So that's a time when women would be more introspective and they would take time away from everyone, not out of shame, but because they needed to just be by themselves and just use that time to fully release, reflect, and then come back um, refreshed and with new energy. So uh, as I mentioned already, the moon is constantly either growing bigger in the sky as we see it obviously the moon's always the same size but it's the way the light's reflected off it from the sun so it's either growing bigger and the tides are getting higher that's how it affects the earth or it's the tides are moving back and the moon's getting smaller than what we see and that's really reflective within our energies so the new you can also think of it like um the way daylight savings works you know like through the summer like the day's getting longer and longer and longer to a point and then it goes the other way and it's the same way with the moon so starting out with the new moon when the moon's barely visible in the sky it's really a quiet time that's the most quiet time of the cycle to reflect and release and um, set intentions for the new cycle and then it gets as it gets bigger and bigger and bigger we should be setting intentions taking action moving towards what we want the momentum will be building you'll be supported to start new projects and to make moves and then the full moon is really the peak of that energy so depending on where it is as well as moving through the phases, the moon is also moving through the astrological signs. So it spends about two or three days in each sign, which is why the full moon uh, and the new moon are in a different sign every single month. The new moon is always in the sign that the sun is in. So for example, it was new moon in Gemini last, and then the full moon is always in its opposite. So the opposite, Gemini's opposing sign is Sagittarius. So the full moon, and it's actually a lunar eclipse next week, will be in Sagittarius. So the particular... Um, 
aspects and qualities of that sign are also influencing the moon at the same time. So every full moon is going to be a little bit different and the way that it's charged and the way that you receive it will depend on your own sign and how you relate to the qualities of that sign. But the full moon is the peak, it's time to harvest and then from there it starts getting smaller and smaller and we, our energy starts to wane again and that's what is called the waning phases and that's really not the time to be starting projects to trying to push yourself and that was when we last spoke and you were like because <laughs> we've had that big peak we're left with like we're, we're, we're sat to deal with what's left after that peak has happened yeah. we can just offer up gratitude we can be reflective we can release and really surrender and then eventually when the new moon comes around again it's time to begin all over again and set intentions but it's so powerful to work with because it also allows us to keep moving and know that even when we are resting we're not stagnant it's just part of the cycle so not getting frustrated with ourselves and fighting it and then finding that we actually are less productive because we didn't take that time needed yeah. before we move into the next cycle yeah i'm so gonna be more aware of this so is it like the waning phase is two weeks in the month in every month is that mm -hmm. how it works yeah. so, so it's like there's, we start with the new moon and then there's two weeks of waxing, which is the moon growing bigger. We peak with the full moon and then there's two weeks of waning. So it's two weeks of waning, two weeks of waxing. But each, um, there's uh, three different phases within the waning and waxing. They all have a slightly different energy because obviously the, the momentum is either building or growing. So there's um, how you may be feeling immediately after the new moon is different to right before the full moon, even though they're both waxing if that yeah. makes sense yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like building and then it's going down so it kind of goes each every few days it shifts slightly but the overarching um mood of each of those phases is as is that so can you tell us like what the difference between a new moon and a full moon is is there a difference like does what's the difference between the energies that come out of those two yeah so the new moon is the really is the quiet time that is the the most quiet and introspective time of the cycle so it's really a good time to be kind of thinking about what you want to invite in it's the start of the cycle so thinking about the next 28 days what kind of seeds you want to plant and what kind of things you want to move into um, and what you want to let go of from the past one what you're fully letting go of now and moving into something else so it's really the energy is there um, I wouldn't plan anything. You know, you hear about when I lived in Thailand, um, you know, on Koh Tao and like on those islands, they have full moon parties, right? Because that is a time, it's a time to celebrate and like to be social and um, the new moon is not. <laughs> so it's yeah. not really time to socialize. It's more time to be introspective, sit with yourself and think about what it is you want to call in. The full moon is the peak of everything. So hopefully over the last couple of weeks, if you've been working the energies, you've been setting intentions, you've been working towards things and you'll start to see fruition or if it's a long-term plan signs of fruition that it's going to happen for you so it's a time for you to actually just revel and celebrate and um and the energies are really high vibe so it's a good time to socialize and be with people and just reap all of the benefits of the things that you've been doing over the last few weeks if you've been paying attention yeah. <laughs> to they're quite they're quite opposing energies really yeah definitely i mean how can we consciously work with these energies in terms like in, of a, like, in, a, in a more conscious way yeah I um so I'm always aware of what's of what's going on so I think paying attention um again you can look at it on on google or um 
just find a calendar that that suits you just um following and paying attention to what's going on um and then using rituals particularly on the new moon and full moon because they do um punctuate the cycle if you like um doing an intention setting ritual can be really helpful on the new moon like actually sitting down with your journal getting anything out that you need to release and actually writing down some things i'm really a big believer in um, setting an intention and then releasing it um, law of attraction is not about obsessing over something that actually pushes it away so once you set your intentions and written them down you can maybe burn a piece of paper or just like do something to release it to the universe let it go um, and then with full moon energies um, if you're a business owner as well because that's really kind of the angle I always come from and always think about you can use the energies to um, be visible in your business and show up record videos if you're going to do a launch I would definitely do it in the time in the um the waxing time of the cycle and then you can use the waning time to reflect on how it went what you do differently if something was if something didn't go so good and you you're upset by it use that time to fully release it um but yeah, just showing up and being more visible in the waxing signs, initiating projects, really making bold moves. And in the waning phases of the cycle, taking the time to reflect, sit back, allow yourself to rest and just allow yourself to plan and plot quietly um, and release anything that's no longer serving you. I hope that's that helpful. Yeah, no, 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 definitely. I'm already feeling like I'm going to rewatch this probably a couple of times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this section. Yeah, that was really useful. Thank you. Um, but what do the different retrogrades mean? Because we do hear this a lot. Yeah. So, I mean, there's this massive focus on Mercury retrograde. Yeah. Of um, and I think the reason that that is so predominant and the one people to talk about the most is because mercury is the planet of thought and communication so because it affects communication it tends to show up more um with conflicts maybe yeah with conflicts with everybody else and with things that are happening you know with, with the travel journeys business agreements anything like that um when things start to move backwards we, we feel all of that and it becomes very very apparent also the fact that mercury aside from the sun and the moon mercury is the fastest transiting planet so um it transits it moves into a new sign every three weeks and the faster moving the planet the more intense the phase and the the retrograde phase so mercury retrograde only lasts three weeks um because that's around the 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 length of the transit so because of that it's more intense so the shorter it is the more intense it is so i think that's why we feel it more yeah. but what retrograde actually means that all the planets can go retrograde is that each of the planets represents these different parts of you like as we said mercury's thought and communication venus is love mars is anger and passion um jupiter is um to do with travel freedom and also your work so everything represents something different when that planet goes into retrograde it's that particular area of your life where you may start to feel resistance blocks or things just not running as smoothly as they normally would so that's how we experience it in mercury it's the communication it's the organization it's the thought patterns going backwards um, and as i said mercury is the shortest transit so all of the other planets um like Venus, we're in quite a few retrogrades right now. I think this is four. Uh, Pluto is one of the slowest moving planets and the retrograde is about eight months long. So it started last month and it lasts until, not eight months, it's lasts until September. So like four, four and a half months. <laughs> yeah, but it's quite a long time. And Pluto is the planet of transformation and deep rebirth and healing. It's not really a pretty 
energy. It's like a, quite a dark one. <clears throat> so when it goes in retrograde, what that also means is that you're less likely to see the influences externally and it encourages you to turn inward. So Pluto retrograde is really a time for <clears throat> looking inward on your own rebirth, doing some deep healing. If any wounds come up, um, now's the time to address those and look at it. Um, but it, retrogrades can be challenging and they can bring up they can bring up certain aspects of ourselves that we may have been ignoring it really shines a light turns us to look inward it's quite funny that mother nature is going into healing right now right Don't right so funny how everything that's happened recently has lined up with all of yeah. this aquarius is the sign of um humanitarianism um, and the collective and so many signs including saturn which only changes sign every two and a half years it's the slowest moving personal planet and it's all about boundaries and limits it moved into aquarius the day before we went into lockdown here in the uk many many things happened around aquarius at the time that this all kicked off and it was about yeah. it aquarius energy is about the collective and um humanitarian issues so yeah <laughs> it is it is it's so funny like you, you do see it on like so many different levels like it's not just about how it affects us personally but yeah like you were saying it's collectively global. and 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 in our realities like in a physical plane as well like yeah on many many different levels it's really interesting it's um, so interesting. <laughs> how do you manage um day-to-day -day challenges when they arise I'm very, I'm, I'm a very calm person. I think that's, um, that's important to be able to flow with things and accept things. I always try to see the best in things. And I think having that ability to pivot is really important. So yeah. one of my favorite phrases in the world is stubborn goals, flexible methods. I think always having your eye on the prize and having a stubborn goal for how you want to feel, remembering that anything that you actually want, a desire, a job, an object any kind of situation anything that you want it's the feeling that you're yearning for so being open to different ways of getting there it's not always the way you think i think when you're so tunnel vision thinking that to achieve something you need to tick certain boxes or do certain things or there's a particular something that you really want to grasp you can actually close yourself off from other doors that may be opening so whenever anything goes not to plan I just roll with it because I have full faith that um, it was supposed to happen. And it's actually perhaps steering me a different path than what I expected, but I'm still going to the same goal. I think as long as you have that intention deeply and you hold that intention um, for how it is that you want to feel and the kind of lifestyle that you want to create for yourself um, and the kind of impact that you want to have on a big picture scale, the day-to-day yeah. -day details, um, you should let go of and actually just be able to pivot and deal with things as they arise by knowing that it's in your greatest good and that you can still reach your goals or the, the feelings and the things that you want to manifest perhaps a different way than you expected. I've had so many crazy experiences that have led me to really um, godly, magical, um, elevated um, up levels and spiritual awakenings just by being open to them when initially i might have thought oh i'm not actually sure if this is the path or this is certainly isn't the path i thought i was going to go down but something feels right about it and then i've actually wound up where i intended to be but i just got there a different way yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so day to day it's really just a case of me being like okay and if you're somebody who's a bit more hot-headed because i'm not really um but my husband is uh, <laughs> trying to help him work with that it's increasing that space between 
something happening to you and reaction reaction if you feel like you're going to react pause take a moment go be by yourself just allow it all use a creative pursuit just let it all come out and then come back and address it later on when you're not in that kind of crazy emotional state and just yeah. be able to accept things and have faith that everything that's happening to you is for the greatest good as long as your intention is clear yeah that sounds really good um based on i mean i really i'm really intrigued about like your rituals as well like can you go more in depth into actually personally what rituals you carry out and do you have different ones for specific times um my, my morning ritual is the one that stays the most um i'm really a big believer in in nourishment and feeling fueling ourselves well to look after this body and make sure that we're the clearest we can be to um, to feel connected to spirit um, and just look after it so that we have the most energy and we can do our best work. So I would say like um, food and like um, my, my tonics and like the things that I consume is quite an important part of my ritual. And I think it's nice because we all have to eat <laughs> every day. So it's something that's never going to change. So it's something you can't really um, forget about or, yeah. or let slide because we, we all eat every day. So that's definitely, um, part of my rituals and routines when I first wake up I smudge so I like using sage or palo santo and then I have um lemon lemon water I mix it with a few different things like apple cider vinegar and ginger and like a few different things like that um and then I um read my morning time is not a productive time for me work-wise as I said I'm just not a morning person so I actually decided I made a conscious decision to stop trying to push myself to work in the morning because it just wasn't working and I wasn't being productive at all to instead um, using that time to actually educate myself and read um, because that I can do at that time. So rather than just sitting there trying to work for hours and getting nothing done, um, actually just thinking, do you know what, I'm gonna use this time for something that's more conducive. So I read or do my online study or courses and then I'm actually getting something done with that time. Um, and then I have my coffee because I love coffee, pick your battles, I'm never gonna give that up. <laughs> <laughs> I have a coffee and then I do my gratitude practice journaling I actually find really really helps me I literally just write freely I think not attaching yourself to thinking you have to write a certain way or tick any boxes with journaling I literally just write I'm grateful for this and grateful for this and grateful for this and sometimes it goes into I love this I am this but I just don't think about it too much and then I just close it and I forget about it maybe I'll revisit it in a few months and think oh that's interesting I manifested that but like I never obsess over it I just write it I don't think about it and then I throw it away and then I do my yoga practice which helps bring me into my body and if I don't do my yoga practice I notice like I feel it yesterday was one of those days where I had to pivot because I didn't have time to do my practice in the morning because I had um, a meeting and it got to sort of 6 p.m and I, I felt this back pain and I was like this is abnormal and I was like it's because I didn't do my yoga yet <laughs> so then I just did it in the in the evening instead but that's the routine I do every single morning um and then I have my like food rituals if you like throughout the day I don't think it's good to get obsessive over food obviously because I've been down that road in the past so I'm not yeah. just revisit it but I do try and I do eat really the same thing every day mostly which is varied but um within itself yeah. but just having that kind of the, the opportunity to break from my work and enjoy that that's kind of um my what punctuates my day and then in the evening I really like to wind down um go for a walk go for a drive driving is really an important ritual to me because I enjoy singing and I just love being like free and feeling like I'm going somewhere even if I'm just driving nowhere yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then 
um, I would do a meditation before I sleep. So um, that could be an abundance meditation. I feel like that time before you go to sleep is really a time when you're almost like a bit of a sponge and you're most likely to soak things in. And then oftentimes I'll dream about what it was that I was listening to as well, which is so, so powerful for the subconscious. Yeah, that's so, amazing. Yeah. Those are my main like daily rituals. Um, on the new moon, I just do some extra journaling um, and dedicate my practice to that specific um, energy. And then on the full moon, I like to share the energy with others and connect with people in my circle or just share and celebrate what it is that, um, that I've been working towards that month. I mean, I know, you, I know you said, sorry, say that again. They're very simple rituals, but <laughs> you know, you don't need to overcomplicate it because if you overcomplicate things and then don't uh, stick to it, then it's wasted. It's better to find something that actually feels good for you. It shouldn't feel like a chore or like you're yeah. forcing something. Other people's rituals won't look like mine because they won't feel right for you. You've also got to adapt to your own seasons. And like we said at the beginning, this rituals that I do right now won't work for me all the time. And I've been through yeah. different phases with rituals. Um, and another one, probably my, my absolute favorite ritual of all is my skincare ritual. I <laughs> see, and that won't be a big deal for everyone, but for me, it's massive. I love doing it and I love like treating my body that way. I use a lot of natural skincare products. So I really enjoy like, I, I have my shower or my bath at night. So having like using that opportunity to cleanse, never underestimate the power of water. I always like to set the intention before I take a shower or a bath to cleanse myself, like spiritually yeah. as well as physically. And then um, nourishing my skin and my body with all of my products, like just makes me feel great. <laughs> I love that ritual. I won't take you through that. <laughs> but I have, about, I have about a 12 step. <laughs> 12 no, but I'm the same though. I find it so important because for me, I find that um, looking after your body in that way, like, having I've got like a little ritual like when I get out of the bath or the shower and for me it's yeah. like it's self-love it's self-care like I'm giving myself self-love and that's how I see it like for me I the first thing I do is I dry brush afterwards yeah, um yeah so I love dry brushing <laughs> um but yeah like I have like different ones as well but yeah what yeah. you were saying about water that process so true. Oh, okay. I have my moments of clarity when I'm in the shower or in the bath like when I'm like in or underwater or submerged in water like I don't know what it is I just well it's to do with water isn't it it's cleansing but I have my real epiphany moments during this time yeah, yeah it's so so powerful or being by water or just yeah under that influence of water yeah it's so so special so definitely yeah that's a big part of my rituals and routines the my bath and my shower and that yeah. whole shebang and it's the same every time and I almost feel like I it's so nice like moving through the steps ritualistically knowing this is how it's going to go this is what's happening next and you're almost on autopilot and it's so nice um because it removes away the decision making aspect so you almost move into a state of meditation because you're operating less from your brain you're yeah. more just kind of flowing and working with energy because you already know what you're doing you don't need to think about it so much um I read a few articles in the past about um this concept of decision fatigue when it comes to being an entrepreneur so like how really big entrepreneurs um try and reduce their decision making as much as possible and also something that I try and do um one of my biggest inspirations is Steve Jobs and he had he wore the same outfit every single day so he had like multiple you know he had a few different items <laughs> but they were the same if that makes sense he wasn't wearing yeah. the same outfit every day but the same same outfit every day <laughs> <laughs> no like he had like 10 of the same top that's what i mean yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Had, uh, like his black see i dress like him really <laughs> <laughs> really is like, your really your inspiration he is my 
imagine, honestly, um, his, his blue jeans and his, and his trainers. And he wore those every single day because it took away the fatigue of making a decision. And it's true, yes, your brain is higher the more decisions you have to make. I'm just saying, I think Mark Zuckerberg also has the same outfit every day because it just takes that away. So by having those rituals in place, be it when I'm making my elixir in the morning or when I'm doing my skincare, I, I get to stop thinking for a moment. Yeah. And that's incredible and such a nice, powerful way to connect and to, and to preserve energy as well. It's so funny that you mentioned that um, because I, I'm really indecisive. I don't like making decisions. It takes up so much of your energy. I mean, little, like even little things. Like I went to my friend's house, bless her, I love her so much. But like, she asked me, do I want my food in a plate or a bowl? <laughs> she's like I just don't like making decisions can you just decide for me or like if I go um I don't know if I go out with friends and it's like oh what drink do you want I don't know just get just get me I don't I'm, I'm really like that I'm very indecisive do you know what I can't tell you even begin to tell you the shift that I had since I decided to start living more intuitively and I've always classed myself as an intuitive person always because I do ultimately when it comes down to it do a lot of things based off intuition but I do still have I have still previously had that like slight indecisiveness or slight hesitation and then a few maybe when was it it was last year now I've been living this way for a while and it's, it's great <laughs> but I had this epiphany moment I had this epiphany moment when I was in the supermarket buying coffee and I and I really value my coffee as you know and I always look at it and I'm thinking okay the price where's it from is it organic like how's it blended like all this kind of thing I'm trying to process all these different decisions in my head and it's really easy to get caught up in that because we have so much choice nowadays like we have so yeah. much it's not just a choice of like three coffees it's like 12 coffees or, or more than that like 20 coffees and I'm like and I just thought wait what if I just pick the coffee that I'm the most drawn to this sounds like the most simple like stupid thing ever but it was a massive epiphany for me and I was like hmm, I'm just gonna do that so I just picked one without even like really looking at it and just thought this is the one and I've literally since that day I've just been living like that so rather than get all caught up in like the specifics and like the human things I literally just like tune in for a second and just think oh that's what I'm gonna that's what I'm gonna go with and I've been that's choosing such it. A good point. it saved me so much energy <laughs> honestly it's, it's yeah. been a game changer I feel like I have so much more energy since I started doing that I'll just I'm gonna try choose. doing that try doing it what's the worst yeah, I'm not a decision maker <laughs> start doing it and the more you do it you'll start to trust your intuition more too yeah unless i really know what i want like unless i'm in that place i'm just like okay i know specifically this is this is what i want then mm. then yeah it doesn't always have to be a logical reason if you if you believe in spirit and the universe which i do think of something greater guiding you and just trust it that's what i've been doing actually speaking of this um i really want to know uh, your opinion on this but do you believe that our lives are written in the stars I think to a degree, yes. Something I've been exploring recently is the idea of quantum physics. So the quantum aspect of things, which is yeah. that everything exists always at one time eternally. Yeah. <laughs> so that like human, that time is really just a human construct, which it kind of is. And that we can access any different reality at any time if we wish to. So it's this idea of like quantum leaping. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of what I Think. so I think yes every reality you could possibly choose or want for is written in the stars and has already happened when you think about time and what that actually is I mean that's a whole other conversation yeah. <laughs> but I, think, I think everything that you could ever possibly want or imagine is possible on yeah. some realm and I but I think I believe that you have the power to choose which one 
you want to yeah i agree with that with and which one you want to vibrate on so there is massive power of choice but definitely it's um it's happened and it's possible on, on yeah. some realm and I'm you know really into like quantum physics yeah yes exactly that's that's kind of my overarching view that's where i've landed with it um and it's i find it really helpful when things that i maybe feel an attachment to that i'm being guided to let go of but i'm struggling with because i feel attached to it you know that might also be a person i do believe that sometimes we have soul connections i'm a monogamist but i do believe that we have more than one maybe soul connection and what helped what's helped me to be able to let go of things that i'm being guided to let go of but i feel attached to is to think do you know what that is a reality on some other plane just not this one (laughs) yeah you know and there's a reason that i'm connected to this and this person and, and on some reality and on some plane that that is that is true but just not on this one that I'm on right now yeah and I remember, peace, you know? <laughs> yeah no definitely I mean I remember listening to um a talk I can't remember where I found it actually it was on YouTube it was quite a few years ago and it really linked like the quantum physics aspect to the spiritual aspect and actually how connected they really are you know um and in terms of creating your own reality like you were saying, the reality is already already there. Like it's already happened and it's already there. And it's what you consciously choose to focus on. And that's how we can hop different realities is by changing the focus, I suppose. Absolutely. Yeah. I've lived about like seven different lives or something. Jobs, places, and I could have followed the thread in any of those places and stayed there and gone down that trajectory. Yeah. But just hopped <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. I'm quite focused on the one I'm on now but like I said I'm always stubborn about the goal but I'm always like flexible and open nothing's ever absolute so I'm never gonna say this is it for me or for anyone because things change yeah <laughs> and we evolve and it's like a beautiful thing and it's yeah. good not to like you were saying like nature it's always changing isn't it and I think that's a massive problem for the collective because of the way we run things as a as a society like um feeling like we need to attach to one identity and then be that way for the rest of our lives like we get one job sign a mortgage on a house and that's it like this is it this is us this is our life this is who we are and then no wonder people get depressed and upset yeah i don't think we like to live that way yeah that life scares me (laughs) yeah me too (laughs) me too that life scares me of just like yeah i i've never i've never been that person just kind of thought like that's definitely where I want to live. Oh my gosh, baby. Yeah, baby cameo. <laughs> that is so cute. Oh my God. What's his name? Xander with a Z. Oh. Z <laughs> for short. That was adorable. Oh, oh, another cameo. Yeah. <laughs> Say hey. Hi, baby. <laughs> Super smiley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that must be difficult juggling all of that I don't know like I'm not a mum so I can't really relate to trying to juggle everything and be a mum as well (laughs) being a mum is something I've really leaned into I wouldn't say I felt ready for it but I would say uh like I believe everything happens to a reason it's definitely a blessing and I'm a much better person for it personally um but I think what's been the key to me being a mum is not feeling like need to be attached to that as my identity I think a lot of the fears I had around it were um because of what society makes you think being a mom is or 
I don't know. I just thought like, I don't know. People just talk about like your life ending or everything being different. Yeah, they do. Yeah. We've just really continued to be the same as always, but now we have like this little like best friend to like come along with us, (laughs) but we're still like living how we've always lived really. And we try, you know, we traveled with him when he was eight weeks old and went to all these different countries and and people like, you can't, you won't be able to travel when you have a baby. And I'm like, <laughs> Why <Yes>, though? <laughs> you can still, you know, you can still live your life and be independent. I think that'll probably be better for him to see us that way. Yeah. I really want to talk about actually a really taboo subject, um, especially yeah. within the spiritual community. I think you know what it is. Yeah. Money. Money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It seems to be quite a taboo subject, you know, like, and we had that conversation before, like, even I have that uncomfortability around money and the perception around money and then that negative connotation that's held with money. I mean, how can we accept the concept of money being energy? Like, can, can you explain your perception around money? Mm, yeah. So money is energy, like you said, and it's a currency. And we, you know, as humans decided that money is what we use for currency we're the ones who give it value and as a collective we have the power to deem it worthless at any time <laughs> so it really is um it really is just a currency and it's reflected energetically um it's a reflection of you and your energy because what you're what it is is just a means to experience things rather than thinking of it i always think about you know like the cartoon spongebob <laughs> you know like crusty uh, the crusty crab mr Krabs, that's his name <laughs> he just collects all his money and like sits on it right and that's not what it's about because then that's then attaching this idea that money is like an object to sit on and to keep it's not it's something that should be an energetic flow because all it is is a means to experiencing things right so by you having money you don't need to feel guilty it's definitely not something that you're being greedy over because what you should be doing is feeling free to receive it, but also feeling free to give it away. It's like this energetic exchange and spiritual people in particular are the ones who should have money because we can do so much good with it. You can do so much good with money. And by inviting it in and opening yourself up to receiving lots of money, there are so many wonderful things that you can do. You can pay it forward to other businesses. You can use it to give yourself elevated experiences that are going to raise your consciousness. And you know that by being but being on this path, we're all connected. We're all connected. So having that universe within you by raising your own consciousness, you're doing it for the collective. And if you do it with that intention, by healing yourself, you're also healing the collective. And money is really just a tool to be able to facilitate those own experiences for yourself to do your own work, to make an impact, to innovate, and also to facilitate those experiences for other people. You know, when you're really any kind of self-worth issues around anything but money as well um all comes down to the ego it's an ego issue um with being attached to thinking this is mine or this is this is my money or i don't deserve this i'm not good enough when actually you are just a channel for the for the divine and you're connected yeah. to everything else you're connected to everything money is freely available to you like it is to everyone and when you actually just let go of that ego thing and remind yourself that you're just a channel you're just welcoming in energy so that you can use it um, as a means to have higher experiences get closer to god to do better work and to pay 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 it forward and pay it back to the people around you it's it's, you know it's less a personal thing and it's more a collective thing um you're sharing it it shouldn't be stuck it shouldn't be stagnant it should be 
constantly moving, creating space for more money to come in, spending freely, inviting it in, being open to receive. Just people, I really believe as, as a whole, we need to just lighten up the energy around it because it is light, it's free flowing, it's temporary like everything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a, there's a, a misconception as well around money, which I've had for a very long time. It's limited. Right. There's a limited amount of it. <laughs> yeah, well, and it's and if you think about it in this energetic sense, it's totally, freely, abundantly infinite because energy is. So when you start to tap into that belief more so that you are connected to the universe and to the, the whole and you feel that connection to the divine, which is truly infinite, um, that starts to be reflected in your everyday reality, which let's be honest, um, in the world that we live in runs on money so the more that you start to have that inner connection the more that you can invite that in um in a wider sense and when you connect with that and know that everything is infinite um you'll know that money and the experiences that you can have on this in this world on this planet they're infinite too and the only reason we don't think that is because of you know values and beliefs that are ingrained in us from a young age that things are hard and like money doesn't grow on trees and like yeah. what it actually does I mean the paper version of it does doesn't yeah. it like, <laughs> it's money anyway like the digital number in your bank account it's literally make-believe it's not even anything it's not a tangible object it's not like gold it's like it's just a really a, con really a concept. Yeah. So when you're giving value to somebody, um, you should be okay with that being an energetic exchange. And when you know that you're giving and you're channeling and you take the ego out of it and you're just opening up to let the divine th flow through you and your work, how can you possibly put a price on that? And people will be willing to pay for that as well yeah. in work because of the value that they're getting. It's all just an energetic exchange. I mean, how do you put, um, like, when you're pricing up your services, for example, or for, for anyone else who has a business that has a product or a service, how do you know when you're kind when it's kind of reaching that greedy level, when it's your worth and when you're underselling yourself? Mm. I do a lot of intuitive pricing, especially since um since like I said, I've had kind of a, a shift around how I make decisions. Um, but you know, I think you know you're underselling yourself when you start to feel resentment around the work that you're doing because you haven't been paid enough for it. If the money doesn't cover the value and the energy output that you're doing in terms of what that money can bring for you, be it experiences, food, or like whatever you're using it for, um, if it doesn't match up the energetic output that you're doing or the time that it takes you, I think that's definitely when you know you're underselling yourself. Um, with finding the right price, um, again, I do try to price intuitively. So it's more kind of the value that I know the other person is going to get as balanced with the energetic output that I give. So for example, eventually when you come to a point where you're selling, you know, if you're selling something that only needs to be made once, like a product, like a course, or um, even be a physical product, you only need to make that once, but that doesn't mean that you should you should diminish the the price of it just because you don't have an energetic output anymore because of the value that that person is going to receive so it's that balance of like the value you're giving as well as the energy that you're putting out in terms of being greedy i'm not sure if i ever really feel like 
I think I only feel like it's greedy if you want money for the sake of it or for something you haven't done or if it's work that isn't aligned on your path. I feel like if you're truly aligned doing work, your sole purpose work, and you actually are opened up to a channel, that that's truly infinite, truly limitless. And no amount can be too greedy for the kind of transformation that you're able to facilitate for someone when you're on your right path. Everybody has their own path. Not everybody's meant to be a coach, like a life coach. Not everybody's meant to be. We all have our own unique path. And like I said, coming back to that like kaleidoscope kind of analogy, we're all channeling the divine, but we all just have our own ways of doing it and the thing that our own unique gifts. And when you're on that path and when you're truly in alignment um, and you're working with God or the universe to to deliver that to people, you just can't put a price on that. And I think it's limitless. I'd say the maybe you know it's just something which i've done personally you scale the more you feel confident the more you're able to host an experience and um the 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 greater depth that you're able to go to with people once you've worked with numerous others and you know what you're doing on an experiential level i do feel like the more experience you have the more you're able to charge but also the 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 higher you elevate and the the um, the vibration that you raise yourself to, as you go higher and higher, you're going to have to price yourself higher because your time is worth more. And money, when you shift your own attitude around money and your own energetic perception of it, um, what might have seemed like a lot of money a few years ago won't seem like a lot of money to you anymore because you've raised your vibration and you only want to connect with people who are ready to raise their vibration also to that level. This isn't about doing charity work. This is about, because they have their people on that level. You're elevating, you're rising, and you should be attracting people who are on that same mission with you who will be able to pay those prices um because when you shift your own perception around money and what it means to you um your prices need to come along with it so like five thousand dollars for something might seem like a lot now but in 10 years time it might seem like a very very small amount um and as you shift and raise your vibration um your prices have to come with you and you'll continue to attract the right people who are on that level and people who aren't quite on that level with the with their money mindset yet um as you they have their own people on that level yeah so yeah so you have your people so never feel afraid that you're going to alienate people I mean like my natural maybe it's maybe it's conditioning but I understand what you're saying it's just my natural response is like oh that's unfair like you know unfair. like just not as in like if, if someone I, I obviously I'm tr- I'm still trying to change my perception around money right um we've had this conversation before I ha- I do still have quite a negative aspect around money um like a like a negative uh, perception around money but I mean in terms of like someone who doesn't have the money for a service but needs that service or would benefit from that service but think about how many people there are in that position if you tried to serve them all you would be serving no one you don't have the energetic output for that okay, so yeah. by actually raising yourself up you're able to serve more people and you often find that um when you're in that position um of having a lot more financial freedom you're able to serve in a greater sense by like the free content and the free things that you put out that people have access to just by being a thought leader like think about how much 
you can be impacted by people you've never met or never bought services from, but because of the time that they have, because of the money that they earn to put things out there for everybody freely, you're able to impact so many more people by doing that than by trying to serve every single person individually. Because if you tried to do that, you wouldn't be able to help anyone. Okay. Yeah, that does make sense. Yeah. <laughs> but in terms of also, um, for people who maybe aren't spiritually aware, um, and people who do have money, uh, a, a good flow of money, um, how would you explain, like, how do they get it then? Because obviously these are some, like, not everyone's spiritually aware of manifestation and not everyone's aware of how to create their own reality and that money is energy and money is abundant. How do you explain how that flows in and out of their life? Is it just their mindset is different or they're, like, they have a more positive mindset and that's what attracts it? I really, really believe so a lot of the time even when people aren't spiritual if they've risen up from um nothing but like if they've risen up from a, a place of economic difficulty into financial abundance whether they class themselves as spiritual or not they had full belief that that money was available to them and they went after it and they got it and it's quite as simple as that they fully believed it so whether they look at that in a spiritual way and they frame it in a spiritual way doesn't really matter the underlying beliefs and energy work is still the same we're all doing energy work even spiritual people non-spiritual people are doing energy work um without realizing it just because they don't put that label on it doesn't mean we're not all energetic beings whether people yeah. are aware of it or not and we we know that because of i'm gonna close the door <laughs> <laughs> we know that because of how other people's negative energies maybe somebody who's not spiritual and they're not aware of the energy that they're putting out but it still affects us especially as empaths and spiritual people we still feel that so that's how we know that we are all energetic even if we don't feel like we're in control of it or we fully know what it is so i think when people make a lot of money they're doing that energy work without necessarily realizing it or putting it in a spiritual framework and one thing that you often see and find and that i think people think is unfair um is people who are born into money tend to go on to have a lot of money and it's because from growing up they've never had those um limiting beliefs put on them because it's never been an issue money's never been an issue they've always thought if i want something then i can have it so yeah. of course you know there are people who come from money and then they have a lot of money poured into their ventures which is more likely to make them successful blah blah but i think a lot of it as well is also down to their mindset because they never believed that money would be an object or an issue and they've always yeah. had that underlying belief that they can have all the money that they would like they've just continued to manifest it without necessarily yeah. realizing they're manifesting <laughs> yeah yeah no that does make sense um so lastly um, can you tell us what the future holds? Because I know I've kept you for quite some time, just being mindful of the time. <laughs> um, can you tell us what the future holds for you um, and for your businesses? How we can stay connected with you? How we can stay up to date with you? And what 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 is on the cards for you? <laughs> yes. Well. Um, so I love my design work for my digital marketing agency. So I think I'm still gonna. Um, and I still am doing some very aligned design projects, but just with conscious, spiritual, soul-centered businesses, because that just works for me. Um, but that's one thing. But my main focus now is definitely growing um, this business and the impact that it can have on people in terms of the moon cycles, the astrology side of things. Like I really just want to share that knowledge with as many people as possible and probably centrally money and manifestation blocks because that's a massive massive block for people yeah. so yeah i've got some programs that i'm building around 
really balancing those two energies that we've spoken about, like that duality of like masculine and feminine or like hustle and rest and spiritual and material. I really believe that it doesn't have to be or it can be and. So it's, we can have both of those. So I really just want to help people be able to infuse them together and find this like beautiful balance and also be able to tune into what is really your aligned purpose and passion. So um, yeah, I'm going to be offering products and working with people one-to-one to kind of help them to realize that and this sounds a little bit random but i'm just going to pop it out there my long-term end game is skincare so <laughs> natural cosmic spiritual skincare so in like six maybe five or six years that sounds incredible that. <laughs> that's not we, know, we definitely do need more of that though we do we yeah, do there's, there's too many there's too many toxins and chemicals i mean this is a whole different other subject but really yeah there, there are and i feel like there's still not enough awareness you know around exactly. i mean of course like within within our community yeah but i mean there's still not Brands enough awareness really good at marketing things as being organic and natural when they're not like some of the big brands because they know that's what people are buying now yes so, yeah really <laughs> yeah and it's just like the the awareness around actually how how detrimental these toxins and chemicals are um the actual effects that they have on your body as well yeah it's just um yeah it's a whole different subject but yeah so we need we need more of that <laughs> yes yes i want to educate myself even more on the that side of things and all the natural ingredients i have a good foundational knowledge but i'm ready to expand on that and then when i'm ready i'll be out with the skin with the yeah. skincare can't wait for that incredible <laughs> yeah, thank you so now, much yeah collectively collectively raising everyone's vibration that's yes exactly sounds incredible thank you so much for your time again i really appreciate it i hope i didn't keep you too long (laughs) 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 yeah thank you so much